Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you. Well, at least, hopefully, it's so good to see me. Um, and it is a great Sunday morning. I want to thank Ron for that great worship. Um, I, I just, I love when we surrender, when we surrender to the Lord, when we give our hearts completely to Him and just separate ourselves from ourselves and allow Him to uh, take over. It's not leaning on our own understanding. And so what a powerful song that was. And, and the, all the songs that we sang were great worship expressions. And so I hope you're having a good morning. I hope you're having a good time at home and uh, maybe hanging out with family or a few friends and just enjoying uh, a worship experience. And I hope and pray that this next few moments that we have together will uh, enlighten. And I, I don't mean that as a pun. I mean that as, as something uh, powerful that you'll be enlightened as to what to do in this fog experience that we're having. Certainly not what those trucks and cars were doing. Did you see that? There was no, as soon as they entered into the fog, there was no slowing down. There was no change in the speed, it seemed like, until uh, the very, very moment that um, they were next, almost next to running into each other. And so, uh, and then a few didn't even make that. Uh, that stop. We'll talk about that more in just a minute, but I'm excited. I'm ex super excited. On August 2nd, we planned on we plan on doing what we're going to call back together, being back together, being together and uh, loving on each other, loving on, uh, of course, social distancing style and having a church. And I'm excited. As Josh mentioned earlier, we're getting ready to have the full band back. They'll be back next week. And then we're going to open August 2nd. That's the plan. That's the intended plan. If other things happen in our uh, state, in our country, in our community, we'll, 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 we'll be sensitive to those things. But right now, our plan is to open August 2nd. So here's what we need for August 2nd. We need you to let us know that you're able and available to help uh, volunteer. And we want you just to... Um, <clears throat> In the comments, there's a link that you can connect on and just click on that link. Let us know that you're interested in being involved in volunteering and we will connect with you and let you know what the roles are, what the what the responsibilities are with those roles and how we're going to manage all of that. So I'm looking forward to August 2nd and seeing your faces, um, likely with some masks on, those kinds of things. But no matter what, we're going to have church and just like we've been having but face to face and so it'll be a great experience so uh, click on the comments click on the link in the comments and let us know that you're interested in, in volunteering and we will connect with you and let you know uh, exactly what's happening and how you can help uh, open our church and we're very very excited about that well with that said we've been in this uh, series called the fog clarity in a confused world Clarity in a confused world. We need that clarity. We need to know how to handle the fog and how to drive through it, not to do what those cars were doing in that video. And I believe that God is just doing some pretty cool things. So <clears throat> there's so many things that have created the fog. There's too many opinions and versions of the truth, if you will. If there's such things, versions of the truth, different. There is a truth. But the versions of it seem to be confusing. Um, there's uh, the pandemic. 
There's masks or no masks. There's to, to close or not to close, to open, not to open, um, singing or no singing. All those kinds of things are creating a, even a church fog. And so that's a pretty crazy stuff. The elections are on their way. The protests have been happening. All these kinds of things have created a cultural fog that uh, my concern in my heart and what I feel the Lord has placed on my, uh, on my responsibility as your pastor is to help you understand how we can navigate life in the fog. How can we have a confidence? How can we have a joy? How can we have excitement? How can we look forward even though we can't see very far in the fog? And so we're going to talk more about that. We've talked about last week, we talked about slowing your speed. One of the essential practices in the fog is slowing down, is just getting a grip on the speed that we're going so that we don't slam into those things that are in front of us, that we're not seeing until it's too late. Well, my encouragement is this, is that we slow our speed. And today I want to talk about adjusting our lights, adjusting our lights. If you're driving in the fog, we need to adjust our lights. Um, there's another practice that we, we will talk about next week called finding the lines. We need to find the lines that are in the road as we're driving in the fog. We slow down, we adjust our lights, we find the lines. And then the other one is use our surroundings. Uh, maybe there's a car in front of you that it can help you with your speed. Maybe that we need to be together to navigate the fog. And, and there's, a, there's a togetherness that happens when we bounce ideas off each other, when we live life each, with each other. Those are all the things that we need to do. So slow your speed and adjust your lights. Lights give us this ability to see what's true. Lights give us the ability to understand that uh, what, what is in front of us. If, if you've been in the dark, I, I'm, a, I'm very claustrophobic. And so when I, when I go through my claustrophobia and I'm in a pitch dark room, my wife loves pitch black, no light at all in the room. I can't handle that. I feel too closed in. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, claustrophobic. And so I need a light on. I need a nightlight, if you will. And, and so uh, I don't like pitch black space because it makes me feel claustrophobic. And um, what I love about light is that you can see exactly what's happening in the room. You can see exactly. In other words, you get a true picture of what's happening. In the fog, the, the interesting thing about the fog is the, the more light is not necessarily the better light. It's not necessarily the better light. In more light actually creates less ability to uh, see in the fog because you can't see very far. So it's where the light is shining is what's important. You see, distance isn't important in the fog. It's your next step. That's what's important in the fog. Distance is not the goal that we're trying to achieve to see as far as we possibly can. Yeah, it's, it's an advantage if we can see far. But when you're in the fog, the importance is to see the next step. We, attempts to see far will only make things less clear. Attempts to see if you want to shine your lights up as, as high as you can, those high beams are only going to make seeing in the fog worse. And so we need to understand that it's not it's not time to uh, try and see far. It's time to try and see what's in front of us. What's next? What's happening now? What is the right in front of us right now? What's going on in this fog? What is important in this moment? That's what we need to understand. That's what we need to grasp. So what are the questions you're asking right now? 
I was thinking of this. I was, I was like, if I'm home and I've been going through this experience and I'm going through it with you in many different ways, in all the same ways you are, uh, we're, we're all going through these experiences. What do I believe? That's one of the questions that's coming out of. We have uh, um, lots of friends and people in our lives that are going, what do I believe? What do I understand? What do I, what do I know that's true? And, and, and the other question they're asking is, what should I give myself to? There's so many causes right now that are, are popping up and there's so many things that we could give ourselves to. What do we give ourselves to? What do we give our, our, the cause, the purpose, or the, the life's meaning to? Who can I trust to see me through the fog? Everyone's saying, trust me, trust me. I know the truth. I know the truth. Who do we trust? And maybe the biggest question you might be asking is, when is this going to all be over? When is all this? When can we get back to normal, whatever normal is? And I'm not sure that's anytime soon. And I'm not trying to be a naysayer, but I'm not sure that's anytime in the immediate future. Here's, this, here's, here's one thought I want to give you, is we don't need to be familiar with the road. We need to be familiar with the road maker. We don't need to be familiar with the road. We just need to be familiar with the road maker, the one who knows where the road is going. And he is the one that is going to shine the light where it needs to be shown. He's going to shine the light. Jesus is the one who's going to shine the light where it needs to be shown so that, not so that we can see way down the road, but so in the fog we can see our next step. That's the power that's the power of understanding what Jesus wants for us and, and understanding these next steps and understanding who we can trust going through the fog. And of course, my answer is Jesus. There's the only one answer to getting through the fog in the right way, and that's the person of Jesus. The fog can be dealt with if there is the right light to guide us. If we don't have the right light, there's three lights on a car that you can uh, use in the fog. You can use your normal, uh, uh, normal beams or your, your low beams, if you will. You can use your high beams or you can use your fog light or a little bit of both of the low beams and the fog light. But the fog light is going to be the one that gives you the best ability to see your next step, the next opportunity, the next direction or the, the, the clarity with which we need to continue to move forward. The fog doesn't need to stall us out but we do need to have the right light so that we can keep moving forward. Without the right light, get off the road. It's gonna be a wreck, it's gonna be a tragedy, and we need to understand that. The fog can be dealt with if there's the right light to guide us. Well, there's this passage in Luke chapter 11, verse 33 through 36, and this passage comes right after Jesus is uh, telling the people uh, that he's communicating with, hey, this is a wicked generation. This is a dark generation. This is a place where you need to understand that there are uh, people that are deceiving. It's an evil generation is what he calls it. And it's a dark place. And we need to understand what we need to navigate these dark places. What we need to understand about our health, our well-being in those dark places. And he says this in Luke eleven thirty three. 33. He says, your eye is the lamp of your body. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they're unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. So he's, he's saying in this dark place, in this dark time, we need to pay attention 
to what our, our, our what kind of light we're receiving or that the, the eye is uh, the lamp of the body. It's the one that helps us see. It's the one that un helps us understand. There's a really interesting uh, little nuance to this passage of scripture. Notice it says your eye, not your eyes. In other words, he's saying simply this. Uh, Jesus is saying your eye, your perspective, your single perspective. When we try and have multiple perspectives, when we uh, I like what this one commentator said. He said we cannot live a twilight life. In other words, we cannot have part light, part dark. Jesus is very clearly saying when your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. You either have one light perspective or but when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. It's one or the other. We can't live with our straddling this light and dark world. We can't live in this twilight world. We have to embrace the fact that we have one light and that light is Jesus. The eye in this context is the symbol of the heart. In other words, there is, it's the symbol of everything that comes in the heart comes out. So it's, the Bible says out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And same is true with the eye. The eye is the inlet. And what we let in is going to come out. And we need to understand that the eye is the entry point of all our thinking and beliefs. This is where our heart is. And if it's unhealthy, it's not good. Let me ask this question. Are you using Google as the flashlight? <laughs> are, are you searching for truth by searching on Google? And, and maybe that's not that that's not good. Yeah, I mean, we can find so many answers in Google right now. We can find, you know, it, and I love it in the sense that we can search things right away. We can find information right away. But not always is Google. Don't don't transition from Bible to Google. Don't let that happen. Because if we do, we're letting this dark perspective become more informative than the light perspective of God's word. The passage goes on to say this in verse 35. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. That seems like a, a, an oxymoronic statement. How can that be? Well, the truth is, is that what you let in can be dark, even though it feels like light. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Here's the power of this. So see to it then. That's a discipline. It's saying it's, it's up to you. It's up to you then that the light within you is not darkness. So what are we putting in? What are we allowing in that is allowing us to either be uh, full of light or full of darkness? Not twilight. You can't mix the two because light dispels. So you either dark or you either have light. And when we're allowing all this darkness in, there's this darkness inside of our heart. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. So when you had the light shined on you, now you have the potential to have the same impact with the light in you. You are an influence to those that are uh, f that are dark. You can be a light influence in those. If you have the light in you, then you, the light that shined on you to begin with, now you're the light that shines there. And that's a powerful reality. That's a powerful truth. And Jesus is saying, let's be healthy. 
Let's have healthy eyes that allow light to come in. And that light is the word of God. That light is the word of God. And we have to give ourselves to make sure that we have this moral bank, if you will, this bank of morality that comes from Scripture, that comes from the light of Scripture to shape our hearts and our minds and our spirits. And if we don't have that, then we're very susceptible to those things that are in this world, that, that are dark, that are dark thoughts. Let's let the Bible, not Google, determine our values. Let's let the Bible, not Google, determine our, our way of thinking and our perspectives of, of life. And so it's important that we have this foundation. It's one of the reasons why here at Journey Church, Ventura, we have a, a class called CORE. CORE is where we learn our, our core practices, our core beliefs, and our core expressions. And those three things are foundational to everybody's faith. And here at Journey Church Ventura, we are committed to make sure that no one has an excuse to say, well, I didn't have a good foundation. I, we are going to build that foundation for anyone and everyone who is willing to go through core. You will understand your core beliefs, core practices, and your core expressions. And those things will be the foundation which you, will take you through the fog. They will take you through the fog. It's powerful. It's powerful. So what does the Word of God do for us in the fog? Because really the light is the Bible. If you read the Bible and you let it start taking, let's say you're a guest of ours today, and I, we're glad you're here. And maybe you're kicking the tires of faith. Maybe you're trying to find out what this Jesus thing is all about. Maybe you're searching for truth. Well, the Bible is that very source of truth. It's the only book on the planet that has all truth in it. Every other book, yeah, they're good. There's, there's some good books out there, some great books out there. But the Bible is powerful and full of truth. And so what does this Bible, what does this light that the Bible brings uh, do for us in the fog? Let me, uh, we're going to walk through just a few. First of all, it creates a healthy dissatisfaction for falsehood. <laughs> when you get to know the truth, you really don't like lies. You don't like things that are false. You don't like things that are portrayed as true, but they're not. And when you know the truth, then you, you can identify falsehood. And so Psalm 119, verse 104. First, I want to do this. Psalm 119 is one of the most uh, powerful chapters in the Bible. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. And um, <clears throat> it is full of David's passion for Scripture. And if you read through the whole thing, it takes a little bit of time, but read through the whole thing of, of uh, Psalm 119 and you'll realize that David, the writer of the Psalms, uh, of most of the Psalms, loved the Bible. I teach a, a uh, Old Testament history class in, uh, for a university up in Seattle. And when I was teaching it live, I would have the students bring a physical Bible instead of uh, virtual. If you're like me, I do all my study and everything virtually now. Uh, when I'm reading the Bible, I'm reading it online. I'm reading it out of my phone or my iPad or my computer, whatever the case may be. And, and so, uh, but I, have, I do have a physical Bible. And when I teach these students, I would have them take their Bible and embrace it. And help them understand this is our source of truth. This is the only thing that we can put our full trust in. 
This is the only thing that isn't tainted by the thoughts of man. These are the very thoughts of God. I often say, if you want to hear God's voice out loud, read this book out loud. Because this is the source of truth. This is what is it, we can put our faith in, what we can put our trust in. This is what can guide us and direct us. And sometimes, even when we obey this, it doesn't feel comfortable because we're swimming up this stream. I often said to my kids uh, when they're growing up that right isn't going to feel right in a wrong world. But when we obey this, yeah, we may be swimming upstream. It may be uncomfortable. It may not even feel right. But it's the truth. And this is what God blesses. And this is what God brings life and light to. And we can trust it and we can stand on it. And we can know that when we put our faith and trust in God's word, it's going to carry us through. It's going to get us through the fog. So what does the, the Bible do? First, it creates this healthy dissatisfaction for falsehood. Psalm 119 Verses, uh, verse 104 says, I gain understanding from your precepts or your Bible, your word. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. I hate every wrong path. The message version of the Bible says this, with your instruction, I understand life. That's why I hate false propaganda. That's why I hate false propaganda, false information. And the only way I can identify false propaganda is to know the truth. And that's what the Bible does. The Bible creates a healthy dissatisfaction of falsehood. Secondly, it, it clarifies our direction. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Your word is a lamp. It, it's the one that goes for my feet. Notice that it goes right here, right in front of us right in front of, of us at, at our feet. And that's in the fog and a light to our path, the further light. When it's clear, it, we can see further because of God's word. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light unto my path. Again, the message version says this, by your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. Isn't that great? It's a great visual of understanding that what the Word of God does for us is help us see. It's the light. It's the flashlight. It's the low beams. It's whatever we need in our circumstance. It will help us understand how to define clarity even in the fog. So the Word of God creates an, a, a healthy dissatisfaction for falsehood. It clarifies our direction. It keeps us from sin. It keeps us from sin. The, the, Psalm 119, 133 says, Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. In other words, let, let the word of God direct me rather than my, my, my physical or uh, emotional or um, uh, passions that I have that are unhealthy. Let the word of God guide me. Rather than let sin rule over me, uh, uh, the New Living Translation says this about this passage. It says, guide my steps by your word so I will not become over, be overcome by evil. In other words, we can let some other truth or some other information overwhelm us to the extent that we abandon truth and allow evil to overcome us. That's not good. And so we need God's word to help us 
from sin. I love this passage. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Remember I mentioned a, a moral bank having something inside that we can withdraw from when we're being challenged, when we're being challenged to, to go a, a direction that God does not want us to go? Do we have a moral bank that allows us to pull from when we're being challenged and, and even uh, our, our, the truth is being challenged in our lives and we're tempted to go do what we shouldn't do? The enemy is a classic, the, the devil is a classic liar. He, he wants to convince us that his truth is better than God's truth. He did this with Adam and Eve. He told them, hey, God didn't say don't eat of this. He just said he didn't want you to know the truth. And he deceived Adam and Eve into biting the jalapeno. And when they did, that's when the jalapeno got hot. All right. It judges, the Bible judges the motive of our heart. Here's a beautiful passage in Hebrews 4, 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. I love that. It's a it's a real it's an alive book. It's 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 not just a history book. It's an alive book. It's alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing uh, of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It, isn't that something that we all need? We all need this measurement. This kind of this thing that helps us understand what our motives are. Are we really? Um, are we really doing what we're saying we're doing because of uh, a, a genuine, authentic motive? If we put our heart up against the Bible, the Bible helps us measure that. And I want to encourage you today. There's no loss. We never lose when we're willing to let the Bible speak to our hearts and judge our hearts and, mo and, and help us to understand the motives and attitudes of our hearts. And when we can do that, I'm not the best judge of my own heart sometimes. But when I put my life up against Scripture, then we can do that. Then we can be the genuine people that God wants us to be. We let the light of God guide our, our motives and our hearts. I, I think today, in today's world, motives and attitudes are the biggest thing that, that is most difficult to trust. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are, why, are we, why are we motivated to give? Why are we motivated to vote? Why are we motivated for a cause, whatever cause? Because we're being challenged in every aspect of our lives. And so what we understand is the Bible is the light. It's the guide. It creates a healthy dissatisfaction for falsehood. We need to understand what's not true. We, we can't Google truth. We have to Bible truth. We have to understand what the Bible says about it. It clarifies our direction. It gives us a reason to answer the question, what am I to be about? Let the Bible tell you what you're to be about. I know without question, not even having to pray about it, that we are to be about helping people understand the love and, and compassion and forgiveness and grace of Jesus. And we are to lead them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the mission of the church. And if we're knocked off that path, we're out of sync with God. It keeps us from sin. The Bible helps us know that what's right and wrong and to go down the right path. And it judges the motive of our heart. So really, the only answer to, to what we need to, to adjust our lights in the fog, the only way to adjust our lights in the fog is to follow Jesus and his teaching. That seems so simple, but it's so profound.
John 8, 12 says this. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I get that we're confused. I get that we're in a fog. I get that um, we have all these pieces of information coming in and at us. But if we follow Jesus, the light of the world, the biggest light ever, we will not fall. We will not crash. We will not come to an end. We will win and we will experience life to its fullest. We will have everything that the, that the world wants, uh, that Jesus wants for our life. We will not fall into this, this uh, abyss, if you will, of darkness, this confusion. We won't be like those cars that just flying through fog, not slowing down and all of a sudden realizing, oh my goodness, there's cars in front of me and they crash and they burn. My passion is that we would follow after Jesus and we would let his word, this book, the truth, shape our actions and our thoughts and our attitudes and everything. Yeah, I get knocked off that every once in a while. I get, uh, <clears throat> I, I let my emotions, I let my thinking, I let my selfishness, all those things take over. And when I do, I don't let this guide my steps. When I let this guide my steps, my life is full. My life is full of light. And what's beautiful about that is that that life, light not only shines inside of me, but outside of me. And I pray today that God would just speak to your heart and help you in the fog. Yeah, we need to slow down and we need to focus on God's word. And when we do, it's a light to our path. It's a lamp, it's a lamp unto our, our feet. And we can see clearly what God desires for you and for me. There's a big term out there right now called uh, woke. Are you woke? It means being aware of social and racial injustices. And I realize that's a big word and there's a lot of emotions and feelings tied to that. And, and I'm not here to talk about that specific concept of, of social injustice or racial injustice. There's another term that the church uses called awakened. And we want the church to be awakened. And what that simply means is gaining an awareness of our spiritual need of God and his love, grace and forgiveness. Today, I pray that you would be awakened to God's love and grace and forgiveness for you, that you would be awakened to his truth and not to Google truth, but to Bible truth and to let the Bible speak to your heart and to let the Bible be the foundation of everything you do and say and act out. And when we do, the fullness of that light will shine on others and we will see a great, great thing happen in the life of the church, in the life of our community, in the life of our nation and our world. And I believe today that today we need to give, recommit ourselves. If you haven't already committed, commit yourselves to the truth of the Bible, not the truth of Google, not the truth of any other information, but the truth of the Bible. And let the Bible drive your heart, your motives, your reasoning, your, 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 your righteousness, all these things the Bible will guide us in. Stop acquiring truth from media and culture until you have a fog light, the Bible.
Get, get into the Bible. Read the Bible. If you need help, let us know because we are happy to help you. And I'd be happy to help you as your pastor to, to help you understand the, the things that God is speaking in, in his word. And those things can guide us through the fog. What to believe, who to believe, what to give yourself to, who to follow, what to be on mission about. All of those are described in scripture and given, we are given truth about all of those things. And I believe that today, if we give ourselves to the Bible, we will find clarity in a very confused world. Let me pray with you. God, I pray today that you would impact our lives, Lord, so that we can adjust our lights, adjust our lights according to your Bible, according to your word, so that we can find clarity in a confused world, so that we can find clarity in a foggy, foggy world. Lord, the the fog out there is thick. And we need your truth in our lives. We need your truth to help us understand what to do, how to live, who to give ourselves to, who to trust, what mission to follow, what cause to give ourselves to. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will use us through the guidance of your word. Help us to know the truth. And Lord, I believe that you're going to continue to light our path and you're going to be a lamp unto our feet. You're going to keep us from sin. You're going to give us a healthy dissatisfaction for falsehood. And Lord, you're going to do amazing things in our hearts so that we can follow you with every ounce of our energy. I pray your blessing on every heart today. One last thing. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe this world has just been radically confusing for you. Well, I understand that because Jesus is the light that will help clear that up. I'm not saying he'll answer every question, but he'll answer the ones that will give you peace. He'll answer the ones that give you hope. He'll answer the ones that give you a sense of direction. And when he does, you will experience that joy, that peace, that comfort, that confidence that only comes through belief in Jesus Christ. So here's what we have to do. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I've made mistakes. I've done things that have separated me and you. And I need forgiveness. And I believe that what you did on the cross helps forgive me of my sin. And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead, that today he promises us eternal life, life forever. And commit to follow him for the rest of your life. And if you will pray that prayer, then you will be saved, the Bible tells us. And that saved simply means that you have now an eternal relationship with God and you belong to the family of God. And you have that forgiveness, that grace, that joy, that peace. Let me just pray this prayer with you and then Ron's going to lead us in another song of worship. God, thank you so much for all that you've done in our lives. Thank you for giving us hope. Thank you for giving us light. And we pray right now this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of the mistakes I've made over my lifetime. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And that today, because of your forgiveness and because of your act of raising from the dead, I now have an eternal relationship with you. And I thank you for it. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I thank you for saving me today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, if you prayed that prayer, you prayed the best prayer you could ever pray. And now you're walking with God and you're part of a family. And we want to know that. So please let us know in the connection card. 
And thank you again for being our guest today. If, maybe you're not a guest, maybe you've been around for a while and now you're just ready to make that decision. We're excited for you. And God's gonna do some amazing things. Let us know that you made that commitment today. Church, I love you. I'm praying for you. We're excited about next week. We're gonna have a full worship band here. God willing and with all, no matter what, we're gonna do everything we can to try and open on August 2nd and have a great, great opening. God bless you. We love you. Enjoy this next worship experience with Ron. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.